my heart hits a wall I know Faith, love and hope Will never die You're listening to Faith Fit Radio I'm Katha Laguna and thanks for joining us Today's special guest is Paul J. Kim. He is one of the most sought-after Catholic speakers in America. Paul has presented in 45 states and four different countries, sharing his faith in Christ via music, light beatboxing, comedy, and inspirational talks. He works as a counselor, missionary, and youth minister, and lives in Southern California with his beautiful wife and two children. Welcome to the podcast, Paul. How's it going? Thank you. The weather's great here in Orlando. It's, it's a fantastic day. That is so no, true. It's kidding. very different. It's very different from where? From California, right? Yeah, no, I'm just messing. I, mean, I am in California. I would <laughs> imagine the climate's somewhat the same, right? So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, although you guys do experience all those fires and even the mudslides, and that's something that we don't experience. Hey, well, we don't have alligators crawling Ooh. up and like... You know, biting at our toes and just saying. <laughs> yeah, or people keeping them as pets. That is so true. <laughs> so then well, we do have we do have Disneyland, and then you guys have Disney's mu- mutation. It's just like this huge thing, right? It's like Disney World. I heard I... it takes like five days to walk through it. <laughs> I know that is so true. I mean, all of us keep on thinking that Disney World is the best, but I don't know. We have a little bit of competition with Disneyland, right? Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't exist without this one, so uh, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out later, though. <laughs> good one, good one. <laughs> so I'm thinking we could start out in the early years of your life because there are a lot of people, especially the kids, that think that church is sort of boring in the beginning, and maybe even some young adults kind of fall off once they get into college, once they have that freedom. I mean, I think any of one of us can relate to it. So tell us about your childhood and the, your adolescent years. Was going to church a spiritual battle for you? Well, it all started in March of 1983 when I was pushed into this world. And no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I was born and raised Catholic. I didn't want to be there. As I tell people all the time when I give talks all throughout uh, the events that I do, um, I went to church for two reasons, girls and donuts. So as long as there were <laughs> cute, cute girls and donuts afterwards, I kept coming back. But uh, honestly, it, it was just something we did as a family because we had to. I mean, in hindsight, I'm grateful for it now. But at the time, I was like, why are we doing this? This is like, it seems a little forced. You know, it was a cultural thing. My family is from Korea, and I was born here in California. And so my my dad, especially, and my mom, their faith were pretty strong. So they were always taking us and making us go to Catholic this and Catholic that and confirmation and all the different sacraments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figured it was important. I figured there was a God. I just didn't have much of a relationship with him. It was more of a punitive relationship. So I'm going <laughs> to keep my distance from him. So that was my relationship with God for uh, several years. And it wasn't really until uh, high school I was invited to an event called Steubenville, and essentially, this is a um, a youth conference that takes place all throughout North America. But we went to a site in Arizona. I think it was in Tucson, Arizona, once my first Steubenville conference. And, you know, I was actually pretty surprised. They were talking about things that were relevant to my high school experience, things such as, hey, anyone struggle with their faith in God? Anyone struggle with temptation, sin, sex, drugs, alcohol, bad friendships, sketchy family situations? And I'm l- listening to this going, wow, that's my life. How do you know me so well? (laughs) And uh, slowly but surely, you know, I'm getting into this like Catholic 
weekend conference environment. And then uh, Saturday night of this weekend conference comes around, and they invite us to do this honest prayer where they just wanted us to be real with God, to stop pretending, to stop putting on our what I like to call the, you know, God is good all the time, happy Jesus, pizza face mask. And finally, I said this honest prayer, and it wasn't pretty, but I just acknowledged that, God, my, my life is kind of a mess. I've, I've done things I regret. I don't really pray. I don't have a relationship with you. I'd like to have one. I really don't know what that means. And I said this honest prayer, and the next moment I like to label that as that awkward moment when you're about to cry in public. Mm. And, you know, I felt very moved. I felt God's presence. I felt, you know, I was expecting a, some sort of divine backhand, but instead I, I, it was like he hugged me. And that's the best way I can quantify it because I felt his presence so strong in that moment, and I lost it. And for me, that was a real, that was an eye-opener because, one, uh, I didn't really pray that often. Two, I didn't know if he was listening. And, and three, I sure as heck couldn't feel him. And um, in this moment, I, I kind of experienced all three things. And it was very powerful. I met the Lord. And why is that important? It's important because for us as Catholics, there's this danger. And I see it so often. There's this danger that, you know, we learn things about our faith. We sit there in the pews and we just kind of absorb it. But, you know, prayer is not just a one-way road. It's a two-way road. And, you know, it's a strange mystery where God gives us this gift called free will, where we need to open up our hearts. We need to give God, who is all-powerful, permission to come into our hearts, because that's that's the nature of the gift. You know, God doesn't want to force people to obey Him. He doesn't want to force people to love Him or be loved by Him, just like we don't. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I mean, do you want someone to be coerced under duress? To, to love you or to go out with you or, or mm. want to marry you? And the answer is no, no one wants them. Yeah. And, and for us, you know, we're made in God's image and likeness. God wants to be chosen for his own sake, just like we want the same thing. And if people aren't convinced of why they should do that, they need to get to know God because he's actually a lot better than people make him out to be. I think that sometimes um, we expect that we'll get that answer that we want automatically in prayer. I mean, you know, it, it could be like some kind of like singing choir in the background or something like that. Yeah. But um, sometimes God just gives us the answer in, in messages and it might not be at that exact moment. It could be a week from now. It could be in, in a person that, you know, he just throws into our lives. So I think that's such a good representation of what you experienced in prayer. Right. Yeah, it was it was a powerful moment. It was something I really needed. And, and I think you're correct as well, because there are times where in our faith journey, we will say prayers and we'll be like, God, where are you? How come you're not answering my prayer? I've been praying for this. I'm praying for that. I've been praying for change. I've been praying for this person to be different, etc. And yeah, it doesn't always happen right away or, or the exact way that we're thinking or the time frame. But let me tell you, like, if you have the eyes to see, God will answer those prayers. Now, his, his prayer, his answer to your prayer might be no sometimes, mm -hmm. but that no isn't like, yeah, you're dead to me. I'm not going to listen to your prayers sort of thing. No, he's a loving father. Jesus tells us in the gospel that, you know, would, would any loving father, if, if his son were to ask for, for a, a piece of bread, would he give him a snake? And that sounds weird because he's like, Jesus, what are you even talking about? <laughs> this is totally, but what he was referring to, because I guess they had like little flat pieces of bread that could resemble like a snake, almost like a, a skinny panini or something from far away. <laughs> and if a kid was asking for a snake, 
unknowing that it wasn't a piece of bread, it was a snake, would the father give him that snake? Mm. And the answer is no. But the kid's like, I want the snake, I want that one. <laughs> God's like, no, you're going to get bit and you're going to die. <laughs> so God in his goodness, we might ask for something, we might think it's the best thing in the world for us, but his answer is no, because he's like, he knows better. <laughs> he, you know, the thing with God is he can see the whole, you know, we just see like, you know, the the thing right in front of us, he sees the whole picture all at once. Exactly. And so naturally, in his in his divine providence, he's not going to always be like, yeah, get whatever you want. But then say, I love you so much that I'm going to give you something better. Yeah. That takes a level of faith, takes a level of trust. But, you know, I've seen it in my own life when I wanted to rush things or I wanted, you know, prayers answered pronto or, or I wanted this and I wanted that. But there were lessons to learn. And there was a, there was there were seasons that I needed to wait for things and I needed to grow and I needed to repent and I needed to just trust that he is in control of everything. But also, like you said, the way he answers prayers is not going to be in visions unless you're, you know, specially chosen to be some sort of visionary or prophet. <laughs> but he might use people. He might use circumstances. He might use moments. I mean, you know, I joke with my wife all the time, like, I had this thing with pink clouds. <laughs> that sounds really foofy, I know. I know it sounds weird. Sounds kind of awkward. But no, I have this thing with pink clouds. It started back when I, I did a pilgrimage out to Italy, to a place called Assisi, where St. Francis is from. Mm. And I was looking out into, um, I was looking out of the balcony of the, the hotel I was staying at, and there was the most beautiful sunset I've ever seen in my life. And they were overlooking the mountains there, and there were these pink clouds, and I was just like, I was just so taken aback at the beauty of this moment. And so from that point on, pink clouds have always been this symbol, this sign of God's love for me, right? Mm -hmm. And once again, I know that sounds a little bit funny, but <laughs> if you understand the context, whenever I see pink clouds, <laughs> I'm reminded of God's love. It's like, you know, it's true. I mean, everything we see in this created world, I mean, God made that for us, you know? So when you see a beautiful sunset, when you see a beautiful ocean or a mountain, or you see a beautiful woman in front of you, aka my wife or whoever, you know, or <laughs> that that's like God's handiwork, you know? Mm -hmm. He's showing off. And he's showing off because he loves us so much. It's like he painted that for you to see and enjoy that day. So, I mean, there's so many levels in which we can appreciate the, the tenderness of God. But once again, if we don't have faith, we don't have a relationship with him, it all seems a little bit trivial or skeptical at best. Like, what? yeah, whatever, dude. It's just the pink cloud. It's there because of pollution in the air. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, no. But, you know, it takes a level of relationship to build that to, you know, faith is like a muscle that you need to work out, that you need to practice in your life if you will you need to work that out it will grow if you work it out you know grass is greener as they say wherever you water it grass ain't greener on the other side it's just you need to water the grass on your side mm -hmm. and so what is what is that what does that look like you know there's people listening to this uh program where they're like okay um well i don't have faith or god never talks to me well you got to give them the time of day you gotta you gotta put in that effort you know knowledge is not power you know, we've been told that since we were kids. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. It's not powerful at all. Knowledge is not powerful. It's only powerful if you apply it. You know, you have to apply the principles that you learn in any area of your life. And change change doesn't happen just by reading a book. Change happens by applying the concepts that we read in books, whether it's the gospel or whether it's an important lesson that we learn in class or whether it's 
even a self-help book, if you're into that, you know, these principles aren't going to do anything for us unless we apply them in our lives. And so when it comes to faith as well, you want to see change in your faith, you want to see change in your relationship with God, do something different, you know. First exactly. of all, stop making it about your parents or making it a cultural thing. Like, show up to Mass because you, you're hungry for something more, you know. Then say some honest prayers. Then let's get real with God and, and let's take our sins to confession and let's 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 repent and believe in His goodness that, that no matter what we've done or how many times we've done and no matter what we're stuck on, His mercy is bigger. You know, that no matter what's going on in our life, that we have a God who's able to really walk us through this and help us to be victorious on the other side. Put God, not to the test, but in a way, let Him show you how faithful He is. So then speaking of the change that you were just talking about, um, from the moment that God hugged you and that embrace, how did your faith change from that moment? You know, to be quite honest, it didn't change. Not right away. I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to major in partying and being reckless, and that's what I did. And, you know, I was kind of playing this two-sided game where it's like I knew I met God. I knew he was real and that, yeah, he wanted something better for my life in terms of how I lived it, but I was too kind of preoccupied with this new chapter in my life. I was I was at UCLA at the time, and uh, I just wanted to have fun, and I wanted to chase after girls, and that's what I did. And it came to a point where I realized how empty I was. <laughs> it came to a point and realized how miserable I was and mm-hmm. how sin, as much as I want to call it something else, and I want to pretend that it's not real or it's not there. It was bothering me. It was really rubbing my conscience in, in such a way where I couldn't find peace. Like, I, I just knew that I was not right with God or myself. And so, you know, I made some very poor decisions and I realized, you know, I, I need something other than this lifestyle. And interestingly enough, um, I went back to confession. I started going to um, a church down the street from campus there. Mm-hmm. And it was weird. Like, I, I was seeking God in the midst of my college experience. Like, I was, <laughs> I was like, skateboarding down to the local church, going to Mass <laughs> on a weekday just because. And it's weird. I found God there waiting for me. And so it was interesting because, um, uh, yeah, one day, for instance, I decided to go to uh, confession down the street. And uh, it was during this time where I was, really conflicted with like how I was living my life and how I should live my life, et cetera. And uh, one thing they taught us at this retreat back in high school was how to pray the rosary. Mm. I started praying the rosary. It's weird. I go party and I come back to my dorm room and I felt the need to pray the rosary. So I'd kneel at the side of my bed and I'd pray. And interestingly enough, I felt more peace and more joy in prayer than I did out in the club or, you know, just messing around. And I felt this need, this conviction to get right with God. And I feel that that was the Blessed Mother kind of leading me back. So I went to confession and I was there and I was waiting in line. I started smelling roses, right? Mm. And it's a trip because there were no roses around. I thought, all right, is there an old lady with some heavy perfume? Is there, <laughs> is there an air conditioned vent underneath me? You know, is there roses in another room? Like I was trying to really figure out where these roses, the smell, this fragrance was coming from. Nothing. So I'm, I'm like, whatever. I walk into the confessional, and then the, the smell gets really strong. And I'm like, oh, the roses must be in here. And I'm looking around. There's no roses. I'm just, I see Father behind a little screen. I'm like, okay, whatever. Here's my confession. Afterwards, I uh, ask him, Father, do you smell any roses? He's like, no, I just smell my ham sandwich. <laughs> he was like eating, eating in between confessions he was there. <laughs> and um, 
that for me was powerful because that was a little signal, a little grace from from heaven. It was the Blessed Mother showing me that she is walking with me in this journey. She's praying for me. She's leading me closer to Jesus. She wants me to experience his salvation in my life. He wants me to experience his goodness. And so she was always kind of this gentle presence in my life, leading me to her son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so that's kind of how it started. Then I just, I wanted to go deeper in my faith. So I started learning more, started praying more. God sent some good people into my life to keep me accountable on my journey. So I, you know, would make good, better decisions. And it came a point where I wanted to dedicate my life to God. And so I decided I'm going to peace out of UCLA and I'm going to go to that school that started that conference that I went to in high school called uh-huh. Franciscan University of Steubenville. And so I went there in Ohio and um, it was great. Powerful experience in my life, really formative. And um, yeah, just God's amazing. He really he uses so many different things in our lives, good and bad. To, to work it out for our good. You know, the book of the letter of St. Paul to the Romans says, you know, um, God works out for the good, all those who love him. You know, he, he, he works all things out in a, in a way that benefits us, you know, and I really see that in hindsight in my life, how the Lord was leading me throughout all the little moments and, and, and chapters of my life, good, bad, and ugly. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, it's so yeah. beautiful, and it and it's it's really interesting how you made a full circle. You know, with the same the same conference that impacted you so greatly, turns out to be the location of where you wanted to then go to school. Yeah, it's crazy. That's and now really I'm cool. A, now I'm a speaker on the the youth conference uh, oh, track, man. and yeah. so yeah, so I'm <laughs> part of the team, and I'm speaking to young people about <laughs> I was in their shoes, you know, so many years ago. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. it's definitely funny that way. <laughs> So let's get into your your love for music. And I guess my first question right off the bat is, why rap? What drew you into this style of music? Well, you know, um, for those of, for those people who have no idea who I am or what my music sounds like, um, I wouldn't label myself like strictly rap. Like it's sort of a hodgepodge. It's a mixture of different genres. You know, anything from like acoustic to hip hop to you know even some even some pop. So I, I try to mix it up, and so. Uh, what got me into music is when I was in high school, I learned how to beatbox. And beatbox essentially is a very cheap form of an iPod. You just use your face. Uh, <laughs> you make beats with your mouth. Uh, for some of our older listeners, you might remember Bobby McFerrin. Mm-hmm. From some of our, you know, slightly younger but not so young listeners, you might remember <laughs> Rozelle. Yeah. You know, for some of our super young people listening to this, you might remember who the heck beatboxing. I, I feel like I feel like it could be a little bit of Justin Timberlake. Like he tried it out for a little while. Yeah, he tried. He wasn't very good at it. <laughs> kind, of, kind of like his acting career. But anyways, we'll how about, about Pentatonics though? I mean, I feel oh, like yeah, you could be that whole group in one yeah. body. <laughs> well, sort of. Not really. <laughs> but yeah, Pentatonix, you know, they have a beatboxer. You know, these acapella groups, exactly. Yeah. So I started getting into that. And then um, I started getting into spoken word poetry, which is basically, you know, more of a performance-based um, presentation of, of poems or even lyrical rhymes, if you will. Um, I started doing that. Um started to find my voice with singing, playing acoustic guitar, um, writing rhymes, doing some raps. 
And so uh, it all kind of culminated when I found this toy. It's called a looper or loop station. What this allows me to do is I can beatbox in real time just in front of a live audience, and I can stack these sounds into a, an instrumental, which is totally a cappella. So I'm kind of like my own a cappella group via this machine. <laughs> cool. And that kind of, yeah, that kind of opened up this opportunity to, you know, have a niche where, you know, I started getting invited because um, I went to school for philosophy. I discerned um, religious life for a few years with the Franciscans out in New York. That And it was a beautiful experience, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Oh, wow. Ultimately, it was, yeah, it was a beautiful experience. Ultimately, it wasn't for me. I discerned out, left with the community's blessing. But my, my game plan after that was, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Mm-hmm. And I decided um, I'm going to go to school for marriage and family therapy. I want to be a counselor. So I spent tens of thousands of dollars to come to find out that people have problems in life. Mm -hmm. Amazing deal, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, eventually, you know, I graduated, paid off my debt. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) And then um, I started to do my internship where I would meet with couples and individuals. It's all good stuff, but... Even there, I ultimately <laughs> found out that I don't like listening to people's problems all day. All so I day, can't yeah. do this for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough job. <laughs> it is. It's not. It's important, but it's not easy. Yeah. And uh, it just wasn't for me, ultimately. Um, so, you know, for people listening to this, just as a side note, as you're like, okay, what should I do in life? Where should I go to school? I don't know what I want to major in, so I'm going to pay $80,000 a year to go to a private school to figure out what I want to do with my life. That's a bad move. <laughs> yes. That's a terrible mistake. Why? Because we have a whole generation of kids who are leaving college with over $100,000 in debt wondering how they're going to make money in life. <laughs> That's terrible. This could be a whole other segment, but I just want to rant a little bit because... Guys, $100,000 plus interest, this is not easy. This is not a simple thing to pay off. So please listen. Listen to my words. If you are thinking about college, it's okay to go to a community college. It's okay to take some time to figure out what it is you want to do, to really explore, to, to talk to professionals in a certain area of study that interests you, to figure out those decisions before you commit to a, a university or a school or a college. You're paying tens of thousands of dollars to figure that out. Yeah. So no, I, I went to community anyways. college and then I went to UF. So I think Boom. it was a great transition. Exactly. You probably saved a whole lot of money doing it. That oh, way. for sure. Especially UF. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So anyways, I, as you can see from my journey, I was kind of like, I was, I'm speaking to myself in the past, right? Where it was kind of like, you know, thankfully I had support from my parents and whatnot. But, you know, I took care of my master's degree and all that. But, you know, here's the thing. God is good. He he uses all of our experiences to kind of help us along to where we need to be. And so, you know, though I'm not doing counseling right now, I can sure say that it's helped me personally, but it's also helped me to, in my presentations, the talks that I give throughout the country, meeting folks at different levels of life. You know, I speak to a lot of young people primarily, but I do presentations for multi-generational events for parents, um, for adults. And when I do these events, I can apply all these principles, you know, because when we're dealing with faith, we're dealing with the human person, you know, and we're not, if you understand the nature of the human person, what we struggle with, and naturally the whole faith part will make more sense. And so, you know, when I, I, I was doing the counseling thing, but I was like, at the same time, I wasn't enjoying it so much. And God started opening up this opportunity for me to share my faith 
in the context of these church youth group events. And so I was invited to do that, to do music and beatboxing and, and rap and all that good stuff while sharing, giving witness to what Christ did in my life. And that kept growing. And eventually, you know, local events became more regional events and regional events became more statewide and national events. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's been 10 years since I started that journey and now I've been full time at it for the last six years and wow. I love what I do. I'm so grateful and God is good. He, um, and you know, he doesn't always choose the best people, but I'll tell you, he, he gives us the grace we need to serve him and, uh, to give witness. And so, yeah, that's what I do. I travel most weekends. I'm, I'm somewhere giving a presentation at a parish conference, school, etc., and I incorporate my music just as an icebreaker, because I feel like music is, you know, the great, well, how would you say, icebreaker? I feel icebreaker. like it's universal. I feel like it, it can affect anyone, and it, it could be just instrumental, and people right. can relate to it, you know? Right. As long as your music doesn't suck, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> then, then no one will relate. Yeah. And be like, I'm not listening to you anymore. So, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, the music has been okay. Yeah, uh, that's good. People have been able to... And so I just use that as a as a launching pad, if you will, to try to connect with folks. I do that through comedy as well. I think humor, once again, is one of those universal things that helps mm -hmm. people to ease up. Yeah. Kind of relax a little bit from their struggles in life. And so I use comedy, I use music, I use storytelling to um, really prepare the way for an opportunity for people to meet Christ. And so in my presentations, I'll, I'll give the talk, I'll give the witness. And then what we'll do is we'll we'll segue into a time of honest prayer. Just like for me, how that was that powerful moment mm -hmm. where I encountered Jesus. You know, people need almost uh, to be led to that point. Yeah. It's it's been powerful to to just see how the Holy Spirit is able to to reach people even in 2018. You know, the same Holy Spirit that not only created the world and brought Jesus to this world, but the same Holy Spirit that captivated the imagination, the heart of the disciples. And if you think about it, the reason we're even taking this time today to talk about faith is because of someone who lived it before us, right? Mm -hmm. And if you if you trickle it all the way down for 2,000 years, it starts with the, the apostles, the disciples. And it was them choosing to live it out in season and out of season, and it made a difference. And so... You know, it's a powerful thing. It's that same Holy Spirit that wants to captivate our hearts and say, I have a mission for you still today. And, you know, I, I remind people that their faith isn't just about them. We, we sometimes, you know, make our faith life this very privatized thing that is just done in the secret of my heart. And that's important, yeah. But at the same time, your faith is meant to be shared with others. The last thing Jesus said when he ascended into heaven was it was a command he said make go out and baptize and make disciples of all nations okay so but you're like well i'm not a priest i don't have to do that no, that's not the point mm -hmm. the point is we're called to go out we're called to get uncomfortable we're called to be looked upon as someone who is in one sense radically different and not radical in a or extreme in a negative way but in a positive way and so yeah, exactly. And yeah. and so then while you're out and about, you know, speaking at different conferences and changing how people see their own faith, 
But how have those experiences deepened your faith? I feel like it could leave you with a little bit of a impact, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, whenever, and this is a universal thing, but whenever people volunteer, they help other people, or, you know, you go in thinking, I'm going to help them. But in reality, you leave saying, wow, they helped me. Like, I feel so much better about life in general. Like, I feel so uplifted. And there's a nature to that. In giving, we receive. And that's what Christ told us, you know. And so when I when I go to these events and I'm I'm giving of myself to hopefully bring people to Christ, like I always receive things back from them, you know. Mm-hmm. I receive their joy, uh, their honesty. You know, I have real talks with real people, just sharing like where they're at in life, and I'm just so I'm so amazed at their openness. Or I see. Um, such good people in so many different dioceses and churches and schools and places and they're living out their faith and you know i've been to like what 45 states now out of 50 you know doing ministry um four countries and it's just amazing to me how you know this catholic faith that unites us it is universal like i see it lived out in all these places and every single day so we're oh wrapping up on the episode, but I wanted to give a little bit of time on your albums because you have two out, right? That's right. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Because I, I wanted to know to see if you did them way apart in different parts of your life and see if they represent like your experiences in life. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, two, two albums. One's called Run, Fly, Fall. And the other's called The World Sings. The World Sings I, I dropped about four years ago. And then Run, Fly, Fall, I think was two or three years before that. That was my first album. Um, little short albums, nothing big, like just little EPs. But mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think music always reflects kind of what a person's going through, or, or just some of the themes that are important in their lives at the time. And so, um, you know, for those who are interested, you can definitely check that out. I'm on um, iTunes, Amazon, uh, etc. All the different digital music channels. They can download that. Just look up Paul J. Kim. But, you know, with the music, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, there are definitely undertones of, of my faith journey and overtones where obviously faith is important to my journey. And so naturally you're going to hear that as a part of the music. And and my hope was always to, to make music that was quality, you know, not like cheesy where it's like, yay, Jesus is a friend of mine, you know, or it's like... <laughs> We we can we can hear music and it's like oh this is this is great this is a nice beat yeah oh, okay it sounds all right and then oh wow he's talking about faith you know so that was kind of always my my purpose in in, in the, those two albums anyway no oh, I think that's really cool and I really liked um, the intro to Run Fly Fall I thought it was really creative oh cool yeah that's completely acapella track so I'm beatbox everything you hear is is acapella from my voice and so from the beatbox to the melody to the bass line. To the, to the song, obviously. I think it's really cool. And if anybody's interested in hearing that, I'll be playing it right after this episode, so then you don't want to miss it. If anyone is interested in booking Paul for a conference in Florida, I think that'd be really cool. You can come back to Florida. <laughs> you know what? I would love to come out to Florida. In fact, um, I've been there a number of times. In fact, uh, I'm coming again this year. And let me just look that up yes. really quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. For those listening in Florida, I am going to be at an event called Rise Up. Oh, and nice. Rise, yes. Yeah, Rise Up takes place. Let me just give you the right information. Yeah, so that's I don't cool. Mess this up. And then also tell us your website so that we can uh, read more about you and your adventures in the, in this year. 
Oh, absolutely. So my website is pjkmusic.com. So they're my initials, Paul Jacob, pjkmusic.com. And they can see some videos, see some talks, see where I'm going to be uh, presenting and performing next. Um, but as I mentioned before, I'm going to be in Florida for an event called Rise Up on April 14th, 2018 this year, of course. It's going to be in Jacksonville, Florida, so you can look up some more info on that. And honestly, it, it has. I, I know you're broadcasting out of Orlando, and mm-hmm. I have not made it to Orlando yet. I've made it to Ooh. different corners, but not Orlando. So make it happen, girl. Let's do this. <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> I want to bring the gospel. I want to bring my family to Disney World. Yes, I know. <laughs> and then you'll recognize that Disney World is a lot better than Disneyland. <laughs> no, I'll probably just be exhausted. I'll be like, this is terrible because I have to walk so much. Uh, I don't. Well, it was awesome speaking with you, Paul. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Yeah, you got it. Thanks. Thanks for uh, inviting me and hope everyone has a nice life over there. That's so good. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can always catch any of our past episodes on SoundCloud.com slash FaithFitRadio or at FaithFitRadio.org. I'm Catherine from FaithFitRadio. Catch you on the next one. Another night, another lover, and tears leave her eyes I've seen the obscene when love no longer means what it meant to the innocent heart Now past tense, past healing lives, dealing unexplainable blows To the young who are numb from tragedy and woe So many people driving down the street but don't know where life is going Cause the GPS ain't showing that there's more the question could it be that life is more than me, but he, she, we, can we call it family? Let love heal this home. I run, I fly, I fall, and my heart hits the wall. I know faith, love, and hope will never die. Past blacktops, buildings and sidewalks, past prejudice, rivalries and racist talk, past memories. We are healed when we forgive. Holding on to hatred is a painful way to live. I need a definition, not another love song. Too many singers have no clue to what's really going wrong. You can't give what you don't have. Stop calling lust love, you really make me mad and yet sad for you. Cause if what you sing is true, then it's like dumpster diving and calling it real food. Watch the news for the clues, cause hearts turn black and blue from the trauma of the drama. But I'm bored, what's new? I don't have time to cry or give a compassionate sigh, cause I'm programmed to live at the speed of the Wi Fi. Slow down, slow down, slow down.
your feet touch the ground Slow down, slow down, slow down I run, I fly, I fall And my heart hits the wall I know, faith, love and hope Trying to marshal the bass drum of a high beat, uh Let's try on a new experiment Where we spread some good news so people hearing it Starting with the smile, we kick it for a while Till the inspiration comes and elevates my style Hello, hello, let us begin Let's get to know you so you can get to know him I know you're searching for something I might sound crazy for asking I can tell that you wanna know that doesn't die You wonder how this all could be Encounter Jesus with me 
hear that commotion, mercy like an ocean. He waves his hand with a cross-like motion. The blind see in the paralyzed dance. Go and touch his garment with faith, here's the chance. Kingdom covenants will be done. The battle's been raging, but he's already won. They say a million to none in this campaign will lose. How beautiful it is when he brings the good news. He seeks the poor with preferential option. Embraces children with divine adoption. No matter where they've been or wrong they've done, his heart pours out forgiveness like the radiance of the sun. Miracles happen when doors are unlocked, when hearts are opened and foundations are rocked. Hello, hello, come out and see. Let's get to know him so you can go and be free. I know you're searching for something. I might sound crazy for asking. I can't tell that you want to know love. And promise that doesn't die. You wonder how this all could be. Encounter Jesus with me. to keep running you don't have to keep pretending the night is long gone and done the dawn rises with the sun you don't have to keep weeping you don't have to stay bleeding the night is long gone and done the dawn rises with the sun I know you're searching for something I might sound crazy for asking I can't tell that you wanna know Can't tell that you wanna know love And promise that doesn't die You wonder how this all could be Encounter Jesus with me